Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fassett. On this episode, we get to meet Daniel Rawson. Dan is probably best known as one of the members of indie rock stalwarts Grizzly Bear, one of their singers, chief lyricists, guitarists, general wizards. But now he is coming out with his brand new full-length debut album on his own name, You Belong There. In this chat, Dan and I discuss quite a bit about You Belong There, including some of the ways in which he constructs his often very complex songs, some of the themes behind some of it, as well as how he ended up playing numerous instruments on it, including woodwinds, which he taught himself for this very record. We also talk quite a bit about Grizzly Bear stuff, including when they really broke out in the 2000s. We talk a bit about his other side projects, including Department of Eagles, as well as the very concept of listening to a whole album. What a concept. So thank you for listening, and please enjoy. This is me meeting Daniel Rawson. tinkering away no not necessarily um <laughs> but uh, i happen right now i mean i'm doing i'm i'm working on some film score stuff which is kind of exciting it's different so oh. that's been keeping me busy but i mean i also have a lot of rehearsal to do mm-hmm. doing that too I'm, I'm getting ready for this tour coming up so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy right now yeah well thanks for taking the time i appreciate it yeah absolutely uh so you have a new record coming out really soon um april 8th on warp it's called you belong there this is your first official full mm-hmm. solo album mm-hmm. um i know you had an ep a few years back and you've had a couple side projects but this is sort of the debut full length um how has life been for you over the past couple of years with everything that was going on while also sort of prepping this kind of debut for someone who's also, you know, years steeped in the process, you know, to say yeah. you have a debut, it seems a little bit. Uh, yeah, silly, I mean, but... that wasn't that was that wasn't really my choice of uh, right. phrasing. I, I, it's kind of funny to me, but I mean, I guess it's technically true. I've never done full length, so you know, <laughs> solo debut. Uh, sure, yeah, ish. I, kind I, of. I don't, I don't love, I don't love that framing, but I, but I get, I get why it's being used. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, if they've been hard on everybody, I'm sure, and. Um, uh, I've been living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and you know I have a young child. I have a three-year-old, um, and I also have a uh, immunocompromised father-in-law. So we're mm. like right in the pocket of of like we can't escape um, yeah. in, in the pandemic lifestyle. Um, so you know it's been a challenge you know, juggling our schedules and spending a lot of time at home with with the fam, and it's intense. It's exhausting, and I you know especially trying to work on this record was. It's a lot of burning the candle at both ends, I guess, and working at night and just being tired all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm sort of used to that. And in a way, it was it was like an, an extra bit of pressure, like having this kind of new chapter of life. Um, in some ways, I think it pushed me to finish this in a way that I really maybe wouldn't have if I was just drifting around, mm-hmm. you know, uh, free, free of obligations <laughs> like yeah. I was previously. So, I mean, did... Um all the sort of COVID stuff hitting the fan, did that happen first or was the record already kind of in the works? 
it was already in the works. I mean, I, okay. you know, some of this stuff has been in, in process for a long time. I was actually trying to schedule um, studio time in LA for like, I think like basically March of 2020. I was like, okay, I'll go out there and I'll just work a bunch and like, you know, hire some string players and put all this stuff together. And then yeah, everything fell apart. And at that point I, I started, I guess, reworking a lot of the material and then learning. I picked up some other instruments. I started learning, you know, woodwinds and stuff and like just playing the parts myself and reworking the material. And a lot of new songs came about after that time. So in a way mm-hmm. it was, I think it was fine. It was sort of, this is how it happened. And I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the way it happened. Um, but yeah, it definitely drew out the process even more. So did you end up playing all the parts on the record? No, not, no. I mean, okay. the, all the drums you hear is that's Chris Bear um, okay. from the band. Um, you know, I played almost everything. I, I did hire a bassoonist um, named Amber Wyman, and, and she played on a few songs in LA. And, and uh, actually, John Dietrich from Deerhoof, who used to live in New Mexico, he left, but he was a friend and he played guitar on the title track um Mm. and jeremy barnes actually who also lives in new mexico this is this should all be in the press release but maybe haven't seen that yet um this guy jeremy barnes who was in he was hawking hacksaw and really long time ago was in neutral milk hotel he also lives in new mexico and he played some santour on one of of the tracks which you know like a kind of like middle eastern hammer dulcimer thing yeah sure why not Um, (laughs) kind of it was kind of like why not he was like i was working on some songs and i went to albuquerque and we visited them and it was like why don't you why don't we try playing on something and it was like very early in the process so he's on one tune but other than that yeah I, i played essentially everything else yeah, and I mean it's it it these these songs are pretty ornate. So that's kind of why I asked that question because there are so many layers to the songs on this record. I was listening to it um this afternoon. Um <laughs> and I mean Grizzly Bear isn't exactly known for not having layers to your <laughs> yeah. songs. I mean, you right, guys stack layer on layer on layer usually, but yeah. there that is something that when you're now breaking away into this, you know, quote unquote solo territory, it makes me wonder how could someone <laughs> play all the layers, but I guess you didn't, you played a lot of them, but I mean, I, I mean, yes, I played most of them. I just, right. I just wanted to be clear to credit people where credit is due. Sure. No, of course. important, but yeah, no, I mean, layering like that is part of the way I build songs. That's, you know, it's integral to Grizzly Bear and it's integral to a lot of my music too. I mean, it, it happened to be that that EP that I released was definitely significantly less layered. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of part of it. I think that was kind of intentional was kind of part of the point of that particular release which was now 10 years ago was like trying to do more direct songwriting or something but that's not really you know that's not generally how i work like i i'm not really like a typical songwriter in that old-fashioned way i feel like my strength is more just like building sonic worlds not really writing songs and that's you know i i just went all in on this record and built them out as much as i wanted to yeah, and I think that's pretty clear here. I mean, with Grizzly Bear, there's uh, several voices. I, I mean, that literally and figuratively, kind of in the mix. Uh-huh. Um, versus here, it's it's really just you know you who are in, who's in charge of it. So I think that comes across because you have some songs on there, like the title track, that are sort of short and a little bit like ambient leaning almost. Yeah, and then you have the really long, robust tracks, like the last, um, the ones towards the end, um, uh-huh. like "I'll Wait for Your Visit." So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you're not you're not a traditional songwriter, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's. I think you know, part of the thing about this record is like I feel like the stakes are kind of low now in a way. Mm-hmm. Like being an older guy and 
I'm not really part of any current cultural discourse anymore. <laughs> so like, I can kind of do whatever I want. And I think that's why you got things like the title track is something that, you know, that, that actually originated from a piano part that I played when, in high school that I had recorded. And then I oh, kept wow. it in college. It's actually was the original line of that song is just the piano part from the song sailing by night, the department of Eagle song from a million years ago. And I had taken that part and like run it through a granular synthesizer in college. And it turned into this big noise scape. And I kept that lying around for years and I've unearthed it for this record. And then I scored instruments to the whole thing. Hmm. Like, it's just like certain songs in this record have just gone through so many strange iterations and span like my whole life in a way that I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a real, it's a strange collection of, of songs in a way, I guess. Yeah, fr From like every corner of your, of your life, basically. Mm -hmm. So it, it was the song always called you belong there. Is that like a, no. a comment on the fact that the song does belong there now? No, no. I mean, that song didn't have a didn't have a title. It didn't have okay. words or, or a melody until recently. It was just this kind of like soundscape thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I I always have liked the idea of like taking things that are almost or semi improvised and then essentially scoring them out um, and turning them into something sort of chiseled into place, mm -hmm. which is what that kind of became. Um, and the lyric to that song is very kind of off the cuff, almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I kind of almost made it up on the spot, but I, I mean, I chose, I, I think I, I chose that title because I felt like there's a lot of themes on the record about, you know, kind of place and displacement and like almost the horror difficulty of, of distance from being where you feel you should be. And, and, you know, a lot of the records about my time that I spent living in central New York, like way out in kind of country countryside, um, mm -hmm. And kind of searching for a sense of place there and building out a home for myself and, and developing a real relationship with that land, but kind of kind of spinning out and and also losing losing the thread of of a lot of my ideas. And I kind of lost track of my own direction in life for a long time. And, and this record was kind of for me a way to put a little capstone on that section of my my life really and try to make sense of it and and make yeah. something out of all of it because it was kind of like yeah like it was like 10 years or so of confusion for me mm -hmm. um so anyway so this is sort of just like you reconciling all that or, or attempting to yeah i mean it's a lot of these a lot of these songs have been in development for a while some of them are are a reflection on that time but yeah it's like trying to tie all the threads together and make sense of it in a way that i could because you know the only other thing i've released in the last decade or so was the grizzly bear record which i didn't actually contribute a lot of songs to um the painted ruins record yeah i mean i yeah. you know i put some things on there but they were very you know it, it was very impersonal in a way well at least my mm -hmm. my my own part of that record so like I, I felt like i hadn't really made any kind of statement about where i've been in my life for a long time so yeah that was part of the the project of this record was like, how can I do something that really digs into my own life experience and my own history and, and is more honest and more open in a way. I mean, while also being, I know very layered, it's not like, it's not a confessional record or something, right? But no, it's not your, it's, it's not your blue. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, I would, I mean, I wish I could do something like that, but that's not, <laughs> that's not where I am in life, <laughs> but. But so you sort I mean, you kind of got up my next question. I was going to ask you, you know, why you've, you've been in Grizzly Bear since the mid two thousands. Mm -hmm. You've probably been making music since before then as well. So why now? Like, why is there a solo Daniel Rossin record now? <laughs> why now? I mean, it's <laughs> honestly just a, because that's where that's the circumstances, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, 
I think a lot of it had to do with, I mean, I don't know. Look, I mean, I've been trying to finish something like this for quite a while. I mean, like even the mm-hmm. EP, I didn't know if that was going to be a full length or not. It turned into an EP because at the time we were also working on Shields. So a lot of the same crop of songs just went into Shields instead of my own record. So mm-hmm. I didn't, have, you know, it was like, I was just pushing as much out as I could at that point. Um, and then I kind of spun out for a really long time and, and I stopped working very consistently on music pretty much from around like 2013 until I guess around the time my daughter was born, which was about three years ago. And that was, I don't know, something kind of kicked it into gear where I felt like I, I was kind of getting frustrated with, with myself where I was like, why, why can you not focus on this anymore? And it was, I, I think for a long time, I had kind of just over and over again, was kind of discouraging myself from taking music seriously anymore. Like I, I, I can be very, uh, you know, self-deprecating i can be very hard on myself and i kept finding reasons to quit and i think at some point i just decided that was stupid and i needed to like finish everything that i had and really try to make something of of the threads that i have left in in terms of you know music and ideas and thankfully i think the process of getting through this record kind of gave me a new sense of possibility in what i'm doing and now i feel like maybe this is just a new chapter i'm like i can keep exploring these ideas and just keep going with it um mm-hmm. so yeah i mean there's no good reason why it's now it's just it's that's when it happened <laughs> yeah it's, it's just now <laughs> yeah so do you think that your that these songs that the songs that you attach just your name to do you do you feel like they come from the same place as the songs you've contributed to grizzly bear or, or do they feel different to you it depends on the song. I mean, there are definitely tunes in Grizzly Bear from the old days that I feel like come from the same place. I mean, the difference is obviously with the band, I mean, you know, I'm not going to minimize the big contributions of everybody else. That's, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But also there's much less focus. There was always much less focus in Grizzly Bear on like personal narrative. And I, I've never necessarily loved that in music, but making a solo record, it's easier for me to like, you know, I can talk about it in, ter- in terms of my own life instead of sort of shrouding everything in uh you talk of collaboration and whatever else that was kind of how we talked about our music as a band but i mean you know something like sleeping youth was a very personal song to me or or you know something like little brother or there's all mm-hmm. kinds of songs in that were very close to my heart and in my life but we just didn't talk about them in the same way um yeah. but yeah i mean doing my own record I, yeah i have the ability to i can dig as far as i want into my own experience and it's it can be very claustrophobic to work alone. It's very confusing. And I, you know, not having other people to bounce ideas off of is very challenging and sometimes really frustrating. Um, but, you know, it's been a learning experience. I, I hope to make more collaborative records in the future. I mean, I would love to work with those guys again. I don't know. We never know what will happen, but um, yeah. 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 It seemed it, that's kind of, I think the impression a lot of, maybe it's the correct impression that a lot of people have is like Grizzly Bear is kind of this, you know, revolving organism that just like, mm-hmm. you know, when it happens, it happens kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's always how it was. I, this is definitely the longest kind of hiatus time we've had. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know how long it will be, but, you know, we we did have a good solid 14 years of working pretty consistently. So it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, you know, it's not. And I mean, you guys have obviously have made records that people really cherish. So, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not nothing. 
Yeah, um, yeah I, I hope so. Yeah. And you mentioned something. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to. Um, you mentioned something a, a bit before how you, how you feel like your stakes for your solo efforts are sort of low because, as you said, like you're not really part of a like a critical conversation that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, but Grizzly Bear kind of was. So, I mean, mm-hmm. is that something that you've kind of noticed shift for you or and or the band over time? Because when Yellow House and later then Vicatomest came out, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like the prime time of sure. sort of blogosphere, you know, <laughs> like all that indie yeah. rock coverage that kind of bloomed out of the 2000s. And now, right. I mean, Painted Ruins got pretty good reviews and Shields got pretty good reviews, but you're right that like, you're kind of like a legacy guy now. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that something you were aware of or is it something you kind of became aware of on the other side? I mean, uh, it was, a, uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly, be, <laughs> I became aware of it. I mean, it was a slow transition in, in, in certain ways. It's not like I was always thinking about that. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I'm very aware of the fact that our band is kind of like of another era now, you know, we're like from some time of like millennial excess or something in the, in the middle. <laughs> still like, it's like the same, it's like the same vein as like Wolf Parade too, like, you know, sure. still ongoing, but really was part of that conversation then. And now it's, it, yeah. everyone's talking like the conversation is about other bands, even though totally. those bands are still happening. Yeah. I mean, but it's that's a strange thing. It's a strange thing, but it's also, it's just how the world works i mean i don't yeah. know you think about any other time in music i mean that's <laughs> the amount of time that has passed between when like yellow house is out and, and now and you like take that time frame and, and switch it back to like the 50s and 60s and you think about mm-hmm. the, the discourse thing you know it's like it's totally natural for people to move on and and um you know yeah i think i'm perfectly comfortable being in a in a period of my life and career that's like well i'm getting I'm getting older and like the challenge now is to not make a bunch of garbage in my like late career, you know, <laughs> which I think a lot of people do. And, you know, it's like now is the time of life where you're like batting away all your terrible ideas, and like trying to still make something valuable to yourself. And, and like, you know, it has to have meaning within the context of your own life and in your own work. And I think that's important. I think that's important for every musician, no matter what phase of their career they're in whether they're successful or not. Like, I think you have to hold on to what your work means in your own context, because almost nobody can maintain like being in some kind of critical discourse or spotlight their whole life. I mean, or even at all, I mean, even getting, yeah, getting that time at all is an immense privilege and special, whatever experience. And like, if you, if you put too much value on that, I mean, you'll just, you'll never survive, you know, you'll, you'll just quit. So <laughs> I feel like it's important to like, yeah, I think it's important to be humble and, and, and like keep yourself interested in, in, in art and music and everything else in culture, just for the sake of being engaged in it. I mean, that's the only way you can make anything valuable is like keep your head in the right place. Yeah. And there is a sort of, you know, greater conversation that people love to have about, you know, the era of streaming and sure. how no one, no one listens to records anymore, which of course is not fully true, but of course not. Yeah. It's, it's hyperbole, but it, there is a grain of truth to it that, that a lot of people do have trouble listening to whole albums now. And Grizzly Bear is not, and your solo work for that matter too, is not like, you know, three minute snappy pop song. So no, much I not. think that era has, <laughs> has shifted, but there are still people, including yourself that are making, full record statements that are you know ornate and and deliberate and you know yeah 
you're able to yeah. you're able to do it for a lot of reasons one of which is probably because of your legacy status like you said you can kind of do whatever you want at this point i don't think right. anyone's going to bat an eye um but also just because you 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 just do it like a lot of people i think are 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 just simply not doing that anymore yeah no i know I've, i mean i've noticed that um i mean it's kind of all i really know that's the thing I, it's not even just like, like i'm a legacy artist i'm just like that's what i grew mm-hmm. up on i don't i don't know like i i would sit around and listen to cds as a <laughs> as a teenager yeah. and listen from front to back and like i really yeah, value <laughs> when people put craft in the into the track list and they link things together i mean like i always I don't know i I just love that. But I mean, I understand, yes, like the era of the album is, is done. And like, mm-hmm. that was a kind of, and that was a specific time. Like I, that was relatively recent, even that like building albums, it was not something that people did, you know, in the fifties really, or even early sixties like that. That's a more recent idea. Yeah. Like I, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy other, you know, other, other ways of making music. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not like, and uh, I don't have any opposition to, to like singles and, and right. mentality. I think that's fine. Um, but it's just never what I've done. I do. I do. I am curious about the kind of music that today's like teenagers will end up making uh-huh. <laughs> like when they're older. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes, but yeah, maybe I mean, they'll it's, be it's, grand. It's, maybe they'll be grand concept albums. I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> I mean, it is like the, the habit now. So for some people to release like 28 song records because yeah, you know, and there's like half of them are 30 seconds long because they get right. a lot of streams, but that's a very cynical way of looking at it. <laughs> sure. Or records that are like 15 minutes long, which in a way, yeah, I'm, that's like a I, thing I wish too. I could have done that. Like, <laughs> I just didn't I know realize it. that was an option. I just, uh, I was just reading a review of the new uh, Keeley Forsyth record, hmm. which is like 27 minutes long. I'm like, what? right. Yeah, there you go. When it's did like, this happen? Like, I, I feel know. like this in was like an days. older, you're right, an older thing. That went away for a while and is now kind of coming back. Right. Hip hop too. I know there were a few years in the 2010s where there were all those rap albums that were like exactly 29 minutes long or something. Yeah. Right. It's like I don't know. It's it's so interesting to me, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, you've mentioned that some of these songs on on you belong there are are pretty old. I'm sure some are are quite a bit newer. Yeah. Um, but it still sounds unmistakably like you. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious then how it, it, you mentioned you sort of improvised a little bit for the title track. Is that a way you typically would work? Like, cause you have these shorter songs like that or, or Celia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the really, the six minuteers, you know, you just, mm-hmm. I think you just put out the single of um, unpeopled space, which is over right. six minutes long. Yeah. So are you someone who just kind of lets, <laughs> Yeah, a single. <laughs> Are you someone who just kind of like lets the song go until it feels like a stopping point has been arrived at? Do you sort of improvise to write? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I would. I mean, improvise to write. I don't know quite how you explain that. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a gray area in between those two modes that is is the actual writing of of music, and I don't really know how to explain what that is, yeah. but. I mean, no, I, I, I certainly don't set out like I want this to be a three minute. So like I know some people can right. do that, but I def I don't know. I don't work like that. If, if it happens to be six and a half minutes, I'm like, oh, six and a half minutes. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened on Shields. I mean, for some reason at that time, it's like smothering green and and like uh, what was that? And uh, it's sun in your eyes. Like songs that just ended up being like seven, eight minutes for some reason. And I don't <laughs> I don't know why, but it just was happening. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just kind of follow like 
he is where they go. Um, I think some of these guitar always. No, Um, no. I mean, like on people's face. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was definitely something that I played out in full on the guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really connect all the pieces until I, I I mean, I performed that on this like live stream thing a couple of years ago. And like, that was actually what solidified the form of the song was like getting it ready to perform for something. Um, and I sort of built it out from there. Um, but I don't know, every song happens kind of differently. Like there's a song on there called tangle that I, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of semi, I would say I sort of improvise. I mean, I don't not improvised. I mean, I, I, I wrote it very quickly on the piano. So yeah. I wrote it very quickly on the piano and I recorded this, the, fr- the form of it very quickly on the piano and I, and then I built it out from there. So, but I wouldn't quite call that improvising because it was right. not like that, you know. Um, it's not like you're ad-libbing in the moment. No, I mean almost nothing. I don't do any. I really don't do almost anything that way. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, you belong there. Even that song is—it's not really improvised exactly. It's like it was a part that was played that then went through the kind of random reorganizing of a synth of granular synthesizer, mm-hmm. and then from there, I scored very deliberate parts on top of that. So it's like not actually really improvise at all yeah um and the randomness came from a computer not from me so sure yeah it's it's funny you, you mentioned tangle as well because that i think tangle i wrote a note for myself is is the strangest song on the record i think <laughs> uh-huh. that's the newest um, song on the record so. is it i think that yeah. maybe that makes sense then i mean it almost <laughs> to me like it almost i was listening to it just now and i'm on my car ride back from work and i was like this sounds like scott walker or something like uh-huh that's cool. Like just like kind of, there's like an eeriness to that song that, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and just such a oddness to that song that I feel like isn't quite like any of the other tracks around it, but it's a right. very, yeah, it's a very cool sonic experience. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Yeah. I, I'm really, I, I, that's one of my personal faves, but maybe that's cause it's one of the newer ones. So it's more interesting. Mm. Too. <laughs> I mean, have yeah. you, have you figured out a way to play most of these live yet? Or is that kind oh, of what definitely you're figuring not, out? No, no. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, the first tours, the first tours I'm doing, I'm just playing by myself on stage. Um, okay. so some of this stuff I really, I really just can't do alone in a way that would be interesting. I, I would say mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, there's about, I think about five songs on the record I am going to be able to do in a, in a, I think, compelling way alone. I mean, actually, Tangle is one of them. I was, I've been sort of like working on it. It's just like a solo piano thing. And it's kind of cool, actually. So mm-hmm. it's hard. I'll, I'll probably screw it up every time I perform it, but <laughs> um yeah you know i'm working that out i mean the nice thing about this tour um and like i don't know i have this such a, i have such a big back catalog of material that i've kind of like barely performed so mm-hmm. Incl- you mean like non-grizzly bear songs yeah i mean there's just so like your songs yeah there's either songs that i didn't release that people know or like there's ep stuff which i you know i performed a tiny bit in 2014 but like no other time um mm-hmm. There's all the old Department of Eagles songs. There's like there's mm-hmm. so much material that that I can still do, and and it's really actually fun for me to play alone or play at all because it, it it it's you know it never had a life on the road, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna it'll be yeah about about half this record I I can do on by myself I think, but we'll see. Uh, did uh did Department of Eagles ever tour? Barely okay we did we did like eight or i think we did like eight or ten shows (laughs) in the u.s and like a couple really mellow shows in europe we didn't we didn't really want to tour and i was also that you know that record came out right as we were finishing becca timist so like i just didn't have i didn't time like there was no way for me to possibly 
devote any touring time to that right. project. Like it was just impossible. So, because uh, all uh, that was like very, it was a very busy year. Um, oh yeah, I was I was literally just gonna say because like that the end of the two thousands was this like confluence of multiple things for you because there was uh an album there was department of eagles there was the blue valentine soundtrack like uh-huh. there was a lot of pieces moving kind of maybe all did it feel like it was like all of a sudden um that's how it felt not exactly me. i mean no it didn't feel all of a sudden I mean, really the, the whole span of time i think between two like mid 2005 and 2009 we were just constantly working i mean we we Mm -hmm. our whole life all of our lives were just i don't know it 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 didn't even feel that intentional all the time it was just like this is what we do we record music we're doing this like it's that that push of youth where you're like you just have this sort of like inherent ambition or something and i think Mm -hmm. because it kind of kept building um like as soon as yellow house came out and did surprisingly I don't know, pretty well. Um, I don't know. There was just like a momentum that had started. And yeah, between, I guess, mid 2007 and late 2008, I mean, Chris and Chris and I especially were just like, well, I mean, Ed too. I'm not going to say that Ed was not working. He was working his ass off, but like, because we did the Department of Eagles record as well. It was like, oh, were they we were, both in that with you? Yeah. I mean, they both. Oh, I actually hadn't, record. I hadn't realized that. Yeah. No, they both worked like crazy on that record. I mean, oh, they're okay. all over it. Um, so it was like, we were just constantly recording between, between the, that, those, I guess it was just like, it was like a period of a year where we just never stopped recording. Um, mm. It didn't really occur to me that it was anything out of the ordinary. It was just like, well, this is what we do <laughs> now. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I've slowed down so much. And I'm like, God, I can't believe how much we accomplished in that time. And like, you know, I'm definitely, I look back fondly on that time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you think there'll ever be another Department of Eagles record? I don't know. I mean, maybe I mean, never for, say never. I don't know. Uh, I, maybe. I, you know, Fred and I still talk and he still writes music um, on his own. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. I guess it could happen. It's been so long that it seems almost funny. Like, <laughs> right. what, would, yeah, what I mean, would that even be, you know? Yeah. Um, when we, uh, when we scheduled this, I, uh, I was talking in the beats for a minute chat. I was like, does anyone have any, anything they want me to, you know, ask, ask uh-huh. Dan. And they were like, like, they were like, ask about Department of Eagles. It's been yeah. a long time. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, we did do, there, I don't know if you saw that, like, uh, there's that record store day thing casually that I put out a few years ago. It had like the song Deer Slayer and then it had a song on the B side. It was called You're Crossing a River, which is, which is a song of Fred's um, oh. from his solo project that I then rearranged and added parts to like technically that was basically the same thing as it was it was the exact same process it's like how in your park was made and it turned mm-hmm. out really cool like I, I i think it's really i really like it actually um so i mean i don't think it's impossible that was only a few years ago i don't i don't know why it couldn't happen on on the span of a whole record um right it just, it just like it happens it happens i mean he's you know everybody has different projects in life and he's working on other things too i mean we talk about it sometimes mm-hmm. I, I i think it'd be it'd be interesting to try i wonder what it would be i know because it's been so long that it may not be at all like it was maybe something yeah. entirely new i you, one would hope you know <laughs> <laughs> um 
So were you, so you were aware then at this time, like when you say like the fire of youth and all that, you were, mm. you were, you guys aware that that yellow house was doing well? Were you like aware of this newfound, was there like a newfound pressure to create or to keep working or mm. did you just kind of keep doing it? Uh, I wouldn't say there was pressure exactly, but I mean, I think the period before, I mean, it was so quick. Well, it was so fast. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> but um you know, I, we noticed, certainly noticed we were touring like all the time between mm -hmm. where it felt like all the time between 2005 and 2007. And, you know, some of those tours were really tough and there was a lot of sleeping in the van and like, you know, shows for 10 people. And like, yes, we noticed shift once that record came out. All of a sudden we were able to do a, a tour in the U.S. that actually came out. You know, we we came out making a tiny bit of money. It was like enough for me to like finally get an apartment. I was like sleeping on people's <laughs> floors. I was sleeping on people's floors and like in the van in <laughs> Brooklyn in 2006. So like, yeah, there was a market difference when that mm -hmm. happened. Um, and if I don't know, I, I I think we were too young to to think about it too much. It was just kind of like, oh wow, this is incredible. Like this is actually working. But like. I think we would have kept going anyway because we were really, I don't know. I mean, we were pretty passionate about what we were doing, you know, like I yeah. think that's why it worked for the time anyway, at least, you know, when, when things were really working, when the chemistry was really good, you know, it was kind of effortless for, or it felt that way to me, I think um, yeah. for those, for those years. And like, I, there's 10, I, I would say the pressure mounted, you know, right before Becca Tennis came out, there was like, we did a, we did a, we opened for Radiohead on, on some of their mm. shows. And that was a big pressure moment. There was a lot of expectation that Becca Timmist was going to be, it was supposed to be something, you know, like, and, you know, it did pretty well. And there was definitely pressure that started mounting that, that changed the way we work together. I mean, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a different period. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask because I, I for somehow, even though I've, I've more or less been listening to Grizzly Bear for, you know, most of my, probably half my life at this point. Um, I did want to ask, cause you guys, I had not realized you had been signed to warp for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and now your solo record is coming on on warp. And so yeah. I was, I was surprised because for me, like with my passing knowledge of warp, I associate it with things like flying Lotus and sure. like one tricks point never and Autecker yeah. and like these really dense, weird electronic acts. So how mm -hmm. did you guys in grizzly bear and now you again with your solo work, how did you link up with a label more known for that stuff? Or was it kind of just happenstance? Well, well, we sent our, we sent yellow house out all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, they also put out things like broadcast, which, you know, we, True. we love, I think that don't they also, didn't they do stereo lab too? I think they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we like at the time, we actually really liked the fact that warp came from such a, such a different angle. Um, and I think we were kind of surprised maybe at the time that they, that they were so into yellow house. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the guy that was running warp, was working there at work at the time that was our connection. I mean, he now works at 4AD and I think he has sort of different, different tastes um, than a lot of people at warp, I guess, but <laughs> we, we, we like, we really like the fact that warp is not, um, you know, what was not like a folk label or something, because yeah. I think around 2005, 
we actually really didn't want to get lumped in with like the freak folk world. Um, right. Even though I love a lot of that music. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Joanna Newsom is fucking amazing. Like she's a legend, oh, but well. at the time, <laughs> at the time we didn't really want to get stuck in that world. You know, Yeah. I think we liked the idea of like, Oh, we're going to make this strange layered, you know, very dense layered, but acoustic record. And it's going to come out on warp, which is this like IDM label. Like that's great. Cool. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm still working with them now just cause I really, I know them all very well. I really love those guys. I think they're really great. Um, they can, I don't know. They still consistently put out interesting stuff. You know, there's that Nelson pro record is super beautiful. I'm like, I don't know. They, I just think they have an interesting year and I think I'm just mm-hmm. like lucky. I'm lucky enough to just get grandfathered in basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think they'd be looking at my music otherwise if I didn't have that history with them. So. Like if this was the first we'd ever heard of yeah, you, they might have been like. Think mm. would, yeah, <laughs> I think they would have definitely passed, but you know, because I have a I have a long history with them and we know each other, and I, I you know I, I I'm I'm very glad to get to stay in their family, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of like a homecoming because you because Painted Ruins was not on on yeah, warp, and now yeah. you're sort of back with Warp, which yeah, must I mean, be kind of nice. I, it's nice for me. I mean, I was never um a big fan of that move i didn't think it was the right choice <laughs> at the time and i think it was i think it proved to be kind of the wrong choice in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i mean they're perfectly nice but we're just we're too idiosyncratic of, of an act i think to to make sense right. of rca it was just too strange um, yeah and you know that that's a good way to put it because i mentioned all those weird electro bands like attacker who are very idiosyncratic right so it's like even though you guys were or are very mostly acoustic based, not using a ton of electronics, certainly not IDM. Yeah. Not there really is a layered, it. yeah. There <laughs> is a layered, meticulous, idiot, like you say, idiosyncratic vibe that you guys have. So maybe it's not such a strange fit after all in some respects. I think that's true. I mean, yeah. And I think especially as they expand, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's become clear that, yeah, like totally. I think that's, I think the kind of like layered um, sort of, I don't know, artists that work in their own sort of unique space um, and, and using recording as, you know, part of your creative palette, I guess. I feel like that's part of, that's a through line in, in a lot of Warps releases. You know, it's not just all electronic. It's like, it's just not, not, it's not only about like capturing the sound in the room. It's like not mm-hmm. someone, someone with an instrument playing and singing. It's like, how do you use in the recordings you make to build the worlds that you're, that you're making like i don't know right. I, I definitely think there's still a connection there but no i don't think they'd be paying attention to my record if it wasn't for history <laughs> that's for sure um but I'm, I'm very glad to be with them yeah and they're i mean they're a good label so you they're yeah. you could you could do way worse i'm sure yeah um so you've mentioned that um tangle did you say tingle's the newest song on the record yes yes it is so like how new are we talking <laughs> how new are we talking um like about a year well it's oh, okay. uh, no i'm yeah something about somewhere about a year old i mean there was a long <laughs> delay to get this thing out so <laughs> i finished it a while ago um yeah it's, uh, w- w- it's was there a period where like you thought the record was done but it kept getting delayed so you just kept writing no not well i mean there was the period where i was going to go to la and try to record a bunch sure, of things and that sure. got delayed. Uh, no, I mean mixing like the mixing process was super long and I did I did tweak things a little bit in that time cuz mixing got all sideways. Again, this is like pandemic stuff where it's like mm-hmm. trying to work from afar and it's super difficult to communicate, 
you know, details of a record like this when someone's trying to mix it. I was like, that was really hard. And I kept going back, you know. So in that time, there was some tweaking. Um, but then, I mean, the record's been done <laughs> yeah. pretty long time. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the same old boring story, but vinyl delays that that just changes the schedule for everything. So, yeah, I suppose. So this could have come out earlier, maybe if that wasn't happening. I mean, I, yeah, the intention originally was that it was going to come out like last October. I, I oh, am okay. glad that that didn't happen because of Omicron. So in a way, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess it's better. At least this way I can probably tour without immediately getting sick and going home. But yeah, we should uh, we should mention when when about does your does your tour start? It starts at the end of March. I think first day okay. like it's 28th or 27th or 28th of March. Well, assuming um, things don't just balloon and get terrible. I know you'll probably hopefully be fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't caught it yet. I, I've honestly been feeling no, like, me neither. And I'm shocked because I'm of, I'm a teacher, so I'm in like oh, yeah. I'm in schools every day, That's but amazing. I have not caught it. I know. That's, crazy. That's <laughs> quite incredible, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I almost I almost feel like I I almost wish I could just like deliberately catch it right now, so I just get <laughs> it over with. And then when I get get on the road, it's like okay, cool. I'm in the clear. <laughs> yeah well probably even if i don't get even if i don't feel really bad like it just would be so disruptive you know like i know I really especially because it. if if you tested positive on the road even if you were asymptomatic you'd probably have to cancel everything yeah, right probably, so probably yeah. yeah that's what i assume it seems like that's yeah. what you're supposed to do yeah well i hope things don't go that way because not only for your tour but everyone seems to be at least here in the states like trying to tour again i know yeah. i have purchased quite a few concert tickets yeah. and i'm like really yeah. hoping that they don't you know go south i'm supposed to see perfume genius next month oh, like, nice. you know i just wanted yeah. to go, i want it i want a little taste of it to come, to I come back to normal I, think we all, I know we all we all want our lives back get it feel the same way i mean you're touring <laughs> solo do you think you'd ever would you ever want to tour these songs with the whole band totally no, yeah. I mean, if I can, if if that's feasible and if the right. record does, I mean, the thing is, it's like, it, it kind of depends on if the record does okay, yeah, which I have no idea, but I mean, if it does okay and there are more shows to play, then like, yeah, I would love to put a band together. It's just, you know, I live in New Mexico. I'm really far from everybody I know that plays anything. And like, mm-hmm. I can't just like go to LA for two months and rehearse a day. Like, I just can't do that. <laughs> you know, I, have, <laughs> I got a family. I, I can't just leave. Um, so in a way, this is just, this is the sensible way for me to tour right now. I mean, I really like playing shows alone and I think it'll be cool. And I, I hope people enjoy the experience. It's, it's a very yeah. different thing. Um, but no, I mean, down the line, if I can put a little band together, I think I'd be great. I'd love that. So after about 20 years in the business, almost 20 years, you should say, um, you know, what I'm curious, what still, or what inspires you now? What, what keeps you sort of going now? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> um, no pressure. It's just my last question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anything, it's like there. There's always some sort of like mystery. I think to to uncover. And I mean, I, for me, like writing. Sometimes I have felt like for a long time, it's like you're. It's like one long ass song that you're still exploring and still trying to understand. And it still kind of feels like that to me. And. I think of anything like what I was saying earlier, th- this chapter for me now is like, I would like to shake off the kind of uh, constraints and pressures of previous periods of my life and just like mm-hmm. engage with making music in, in the most, I don't know, honest way that I can and get as far out there with the ideas as I can. Cause like, who 
like what else what do i have to lose you know and like that in a way is a really nice approach to music now and just like that's why i kind of i wanted to get this record finished put it out there and then just like keep going and like yeah. have it have it be done already because like there was there was some pressure like because i'd never released the full length it was like well if i'm gonna do that it's got to really mean something you know and and i do think this record really does mean something it means a lot to me and it's like now i think i can just keep going and keep exploring and and that's it like and as far as a career in music i have no idea i mean i don't know if i'll even be able to sustain that anymore i really don't know but do you have any other marketable skills <laughs> not really no <laughs> go back to community college here though that's like just kind of sounds fun i miss school and i kind of, kind of miss it um, well, as someone who, who i just finished grad school and i didn't oh, yeah. um I did not take a break between undergrad and grad school. So I've, oh, yeah. you know, I've been in school for so school many years. Yeah. So as someone who just came off of that, like literally the, this past fall, I'm like, uh -huh. you know, maybe. Well, congratulations. Thank you. But I'm like, maybe <laughs> think about that again. <laughs> yeah, right. But I could, I could see that. I mean, you've been doing music as your, as your career, as your main gig for, for so long at this point. And, um, and, you know, frankly doing pretty well and and if that ever stopped or if you stopped it like yeah i mean maybe maybe that would be fun i mean i i've heard that before that music from musicians that you know like i kind of miss like going to school and like learning stuff <laughs> right yeah well i mean i've toyed with the idea but that's the thing is i, I always end up just i come back to this because like well it's right. what i've done with my whole adult life and it's really the only true skill i have <laughs> Like if it's even you can call it a skill. I, mean, I don't even know. It's like a practice. It's like it's what yeah. I know. So, and you still enjoy it. I do still enjoy it. And I mean, yeah, like working on film score stuff has been interesting. That's a new. I've never really done that before in this kind mm -hmm. of way. It's 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 a new challenge. Like I don't know. I I, I I'm excited. That I really do feel like there's there's more to learn and there's more to explore, which I didn't necessarily expect that at this time in life. You know and really kind of feels true and, and it's exciting so we'll see yeah. what happens i guess it's nice when you can sort of surprise yourself almost yeah totally <laughs> for sure well the record is you belong there it's coming out april 8th on warp if this is out already then go listen to it if it's not out yet then pre-save it um because i'm not exactly sure when this will come out oh yeah right um but yeah, April 8th, You Belong There by Daniel Rawson. Thank you very much, Dan, for talking to me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Awesome. Great. Well, have a good one. Mm -hmm.